Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into A to Z Sports powered by the BetMGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Sam Phelan in this morning for Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us all over social media as we are Nashville's on-demand sports talk network going live weekday mornings at 8 central time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Segment by segment links out on our Twitter timeline. Also hit us up on Instagram and TikTok for more Titans coverage. Uh, we do have to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for us and they help out all of you like Wilson County Hyundai. Make them a part of your new car buying process by going to see them in Lebanon or at WilsonCountyHyundai.com. The Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care and Farm Bureau Health Plans. Get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans. That's better coverage rates and service. Learn more about a health plan for you at fbhp.com slash A-T-O-Z. So Sam, you and Zach yesterday talked about um, a lot of the updates from Rand Carthon, uh, Ryan Tannehill uh, situation where he think he said, you know, Ryan Tannehill is the quarterback and you guys discussed it a lot yesterday. Uh, but, you know, I, I do think that is not necessarily as set in stone as uh, Rand said on Tuesday at the NFL Combine. What else is Rand going to say uh, in his first Combine as a uh, NFL GM? But he also discussed about that 11th overall pick and Rand Carthon, new Titans GM, uh, dives into, hey, give me a call. What are you thinking? Well, we're always open for business. Um all the guys, you, know, you got my number, call me. But uh, no, it's always about um, just being open um, to try to continue to add value. Um, and so we'll listen and field every call and kind of see what comes from it. You mentioned. That's what he said, right? He said, uh, we're open for business, always open for business. Give me a call. Austin, initial reaction for you. I know you've been uh, caught up with a lot of uh, updates and big things coming for A to Z sports on the website side of things. So now kind of getting caught yeah. back up into the NFL combine series. What do you think of when you hear Rand Carthon discussing the possibility of moving and shaking in this year's draft? Yeah, it's interesting because we've been focused on the Titans potentially moving up in this draft and maybe going after the Chicago bears up for sale. Number one, overall pick that I don't think we've given a lot of attention to the idea of moving back in this NFL draft uh, and trading back and getting more draft picks. Cause we know this team has a ton of holes on the roster that it needs to fill and needs to fill quickly because there's also the conversation about tanking uh, that Rand Carthon was asking. I know Buck talked about this last night on A to Z sports primetime. And I think we all know that, you know, Mike Vrabel is a winner and Mike Vrabel wants to win. And so Mike Vrabel has no interest in tanking and and that's kind of what uh and i'll play this video real quick because that's what peyton manning told us back at the pro bowl they both want to win you know that's all mike cares about is winning and uh uh, ran uh speaks the same language and and so i think the two of them can work well together 
Uh, you know, it's obviously important, I think, for head coaches and GMs to be in sync. You don't have to agree on everything, but you better be communicating and talking things out. And so I think they'll do that, and uh, I think it could be a really good combination. And so when Peyton Manning said that at the Pro Bowl, that's when I knew that there was zero goal, there was zero intention to tank, and they were always going to try to win uh, in 2023, regardless if that's what's actually best for this franchise long-term or not. But now, now trading back to fill some of these holes to win now is a new possibility that we haven't talked too much about. Uh, so curious about your thoughts as well. Well, yeah, I mean, they want to win now. We know that that's always going to be Mike Vrabel's goal, and Mike Vrabel's going to keep them competitive. But I guess the unknown question that still remains, and I is the topic of conversation regarding those comments from Rand, is what do they value most as like winning now what helps them win now the most is it going to get that quarterback is it staying put taking the best player available or is it potentially trying to move further back in the first round get some other picks either in this year's draft or next year's draft lower the I guess caliber of prospect you get in the first round but Mm -hmm. you get more of them like we don't really know how Ran and Mike are viewing the how they view this draft class for one, the positions of need in this draft class, and then what they view as that move to win. Now it is interesting, but I agree with you. When I first heard the comments from Rand saying we're open for business, give me a call. There's one thing that he said in the video that I think I was like, huh, is trading down a possibility after all, it kind of piqued my interest to realize we haven't given it enough time of discussing those possibilities listen again to one keyword i'm going to see if okay. you pick up on it All that right. Rand carthon says during his uh comments from the question from jim wyatt what are you thinking well we're always open for business um all the guys, you, know, you got my number, call me. But uh, no, it's always about um, just being open um, to try to continue to add value. Um, and so we'll listen and field every call and kind of see what comes from it. You hey, mentioned. Man. Did you get it? Value? Value. <laughs> value. Because, I mean, what did we, you and I sit here and talk about, about John Robinson, the day John Robinson got fired by the Titans and you had kind of come with this what I thought was a really insightful opinion of John's biggest, his Achilles heel in this entire thing was getting overly obsessed with value. He overvalued value. Overvalued value. And, and, you know, it's why he didn't pay AJ. It's why he made some, I guess, draft picks of guys with injury history and different issues like that, because it was like, well, if it works out, it's great value. Turns out a lot of it just didn't work. Um, So interesting to hear Rand use the word value too. And what could that mean? What is value to him? Is it adding additional draft picks? Um, Again, you don't know, but certainly like it it did kind of switch that off in my brain where I'm like, wait, could he be looking to trade down here? The first time I started to kick that question around. Yeah. Well, and you know, I'm a, somebody who always thinks that yes the gm should answer every call and to at least listen uh to any type of situation that might occur when it comes to moving up moving back staying in picking or or whatever that happens i i think it, it is his job to listen and evaluate whatever presents itself 
uh, to him. But let's ask everybody now and get the chat more involved this morning. What should the Titans do with their 11th overall pick? Trade up, trade down, or stick and pick at 11? What should the Tennessee Titans do with their 11th overall pick? Trade up, trade back, or stick and pick right there at 11. We'll get to all your comments here in a second, but first let me tell you guys about Wilson County Hyundai. That is where you should head uh, for your next ride. Speak about value that's not overvalued, it's good value. That's at Wilson County Hyundai because the Hyundai brand is tip-top technology when it comes to the cars that are being put out there on the market today, and they do not have that ridiculous luxury price uh, when it comes to other brands. It's a great value brand, but you're not missing out on any type of technology or or new uh, features with your vehicles. You're getting great comfortability. You're getting fantastic gas mileage with a lot of different uh, uh, models with the Hyundai brand. Here's some more value for you. Wilson County Hyundai's in Lebanon, which means you don't have to pay those Nashville prices on your vehicle either. So go see our guy, Payne Bone in Lebanon. Wilson County Hyundai is where to find him and check him out, wilsoncountyhyundai.com. Today's show is powered by BetMGM. Enjoy all of your favorite sports like never before with BetMGM. Sign up using the code that's ATOZ Sports and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. When you register for BetMGM, you get an access, you get access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds bonuses as well. Uh, you really find out why they are the king of sports books. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every game and every play means that much more. So sign up. The code ATOZ Sports. You use that code. You can get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't hit on BetMGM.com and the BetMGM app. And uh, Sam, today I'm uh, rocking the BetMGM shirt. Uh, I wasn't on the show yesterday, but Tuesday night, uh, BetMGM got my money because I picked Arkansas plus five and a half, where uh, Tennessee Vols blew them out (laughs) there in Thompson Bowling Arena. So uh, whenever I lose with BetMGM, I give BetMGM the props. Uh, so that was uh, Tuesday night. So I, I missed yesterday. So is I had that like an intentional, like personal hedge on your. No, part? actually, I actually thought, um, I actually thought Arkansas would come in there and win. Uh, and then Zakai Ziegler tore his ACL, unfortunately, uh, early in that game. And I was like, well, that's terrible for him. Uh, but I feel good about that bet now. Uh, and then to, it didn't happen. Well, I've started to come around to the idea of like the personal hedge. Like oh, if your if your team's got a big game going on. Usually it's just the money line that I'll do because I, I, I ask myself, okay, how much, this is a huge game that I obviously care about. How much money would I pay for my team to win this game right now? And if I'm like, Hey, I, I'd pay $200 right now for them to win this game. Guaranteed. I go ahead and I put $200 on the opposing team money line. If my team wins, that's great. I bought the win in my, like that, that's a yeah, check. Basically. And yeah. if they lose it, it softens the blow to have a nice little uh, payday on there as yeah, well. So. It's always a, a good uh, philosophy, but you can only go to it so many times. You, you need to continue to not lose money. Yeah. All right, A to Z Sports here. So let's ask this question, get the chat more involved. A lot of comments, over 100 comments since we've asked it. The question is, what should the Titans do with their 11th overall pick? Should they trade up, trade down, or pick at 11? For those who missed it earlier, quickly, Rand Carthon asked by Jim Wyatt of the Titans, uh, at the NFL Combine about that. What are you thinking? Well, we're always open for business. Um, 
all the guys, you, know, you got my number, call me. <laughs> but uh, no, it's always about um, just being open um, to try to continue to add value. Um, and so we'll listen and field every call and kind of see what comes from it. You mentioned. So fielding every call, Sam, I will send you to the chat and see what everybody says there on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Uh, what should the Titans do at 11? Should it be trade up, trade back, or uh, pick at 11? Tighten up says pick at 11. Jordan Lowry says trading back is not a bad idea. Steven says pick at 11. Titans Kyle says trade down. Brandon Connor says trade down. Corey Smith says trade down. Zoe Almighty wants to pick at 11. Uh, Al Pierce trade down. Daft pick at 11. Uh, Jonathan says pick and pick Bijan Robinson. That'd be a quite controversial taking a running back in the first round with Eric Henry still on your roster. Mm -hmm. uh, Cade Carter says trade down. Uh, Mr. Jones says trade down. Jeff says stick and pick. Honky Tonk says trade down or stay put. Jason Lobb says pick at 11. We have Jeff saying pick Paris Johnson Jr. at 11. If he's gone, trade back. Uh, Jay says pick at 11. Paul says trade down. Clayton says trade back. Jimbo says trade the pick for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Zach uh, Bingham would like that. I guess that that is Jimbo. a uh, that is another. A fourth, it's a fourth option that we yeah, didn't trade include, the pick. But Jimbo, uh, I think that is a fair answer for this situation. Uh, NJ Titans fan pick at eleven. Joseph stick and pick. Quinton trade down. Devin trade down. Scott stay at eleven. Uh, Brad says take a left tackle. Pistol Ramsey trade down. Andrew trade back. Mark D trade down. Jr stay at eleven. Rob pick eleven. First time we have somebody saying trade up. The very first one, Austin, I'm surprised at the amount of people that are saying trade back, but Billy Jones, Michael Snyder, Nate's Bernard, Xavier Cohen, Jared all saying stick and pick. So, yeah, we're kind of torn on it, but I surprised yeah. a lot of people saying to trade back. Where are you at with this? What should the Titans do? I think um, I do not think they should trade it for Aaron Rodgers just to kind of put that out there. And I've been steady with that overall. I, I do think it's too risky. Uh, to move up in this draft. And I think it's a big deal. If you can fix left tackle in the first round of the 2023 draft, you have to be able to do that because left tackle is such a massive issue and an important position for the Tennessee Titans. And if it's Paris Johnson Jr., if that is your left tackle for the next eight to 10 years, then you've got to get him right there at 11 and not get too greedy and, and think because you don't, and Broderick Jones is the, the offensive lineman from Georgia. And I think that will give a lot of Titans fans PTSD of taking an offensive lineman from Georgia in uh, the first round. I have heard that while he might be a good tackle or, or a very good tackle in the NFL, he might be an even better guard in the NFL and so Broderick Jones, maybe not exactly the fit you're looking for, but if you think Paris Johnson Jr. is your tackle on the left side for at least the minimum of the next eight years, I think you cannot risk trying to get cute trading out of 11 and then dropping back to the late teens or early 20s thinking you can uh, you know, get, still get Paris Johnson later on. And so I think Paris Johnson Jr., and fixing left tackle needs to, be, needs to be the priority. So I lean towards stick and pick at 11, Sam. That's that's what I think needs to be the right move. So I've gone back and forth on this, and I told you my eyes first got open to it when Ran um, 
had those comments and I've been very adamant all off season about the Titans don't need to trade up. I think they have no business trading up. I still believe that I am officially all the way in the trade down camp. I, I think they need to trade down and trade down far if possible. Oh. And the reason being Austin, I, I agree with you. Left tackle is an issue. Wide receiver is an issue. Offensive line as a whole is an issue where you're potentially, while you are looking for a left tackle and that is valuable, you also might be looking for a couple interior offensive linemen too. But the main reason why is when I look at this draft class at both offensive line and wide receiver, which I'm sure you would agree are the two biggest draft needs right now. Like it'd be hard to see them taking a player in the first round that was not an offensive lineman or wide receiver or a quarterback in some crazy, you know, chaotic scenario. Yeah. But I look at the names that I have written down here. Peter Skaronsky, Paris Johnson, Broderick Jones, Osiris Torrance, and Dewan Jones as being the top five offensive linemen that could potentially go in the first round. Wide receivers, you have Quentin Johnston, Jordan Addison, Jalen Hyatt, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. There are no slam dunks to me. Like there are no blue chippers that are going to for sure go in the top 10. I think there's concerns with just about all of them. And that can be reflected in mock drafts. I know mock drafts aren't the, you know, end all be all when it comes Mm -hmm. to stuff. But if you go look at three mock drafts, they probably have three different offensive linemen being the first offensive lineman off the board. One of those five. Um, And so as things play out with the combine, things reshuffle, that will continue to change. But and I know Paris Johnson's like the big name right now, so to speak. I don't think there's anybody here that is far and away above the rest of the group at either of those two positions. I think you could make a case for a lot of them. Because of that, the Titans might pick at 11 with zero other offensive line, zero offensive linemen and zero wide receivers drafted already. They might have their pick of the litter. Or you can still grab one of these elite few names, these top few names in the draft class, jump back and acquire future assets to fill the other holes because not just one hole. And this is not like the offensive line. These are not Rashawn Slater's or Panay Sewell's or these guys that have gone in the top five of drafts. And you're like, yep, he's going to start at left tackle for the next decade. There's a lot of unknown. Yeah, there is a lot of unknown. And, you know, Nate, Nate's Burner says mock draft season kills me. I, I, I think you need to just, if you're an anti mock draft person, I think you just need to reorganize how you view mock drafts in your mind. That yeah. it's an exercise to try to gather information and look at trends and team needs rather than sticking towards it, all those types of things. And then Matthew Gillenwater on Facebook is, is right here. He goes, you know, the draft is a gamble. Nothing is a guarantee. Stacking as many picks as possible gives you more chances to get it right. Need to get rid of Henry. Well, the first half, I agree <laughs> with. The second half, the more uh, hot takey thing there, it, you know, that it can be controversial. Need to get rid of Henry for picks as well. That also frees up cap space they, the Titans desperately need. So, the, but the first half, uh, Matthew, you're dead on with that. In, in the fact that, yeah, the Titans only have six draft selections in this draft and a lot more holes than six picks can fill. Yeah. Um, and they don't have a fourth round pick. John Robinson was very good drafting in the fourth and fifth round, uh, but struggled in the first round. So, 
you know, with picks, you know, at 11, 41 overall, 72 overall, you got three picks in the top 72. It, that can give you a lot of value there as well. But I also, Sam, and I don't know how you do this, but whenever draft season approaches, usually senior bowl week is when I start really getting my mind prepared for the draft. And I start listening to a few NFL draft podcasts that I like and that I trust. And what I've kind of heard across multiple podcasts, multiple companies and multiple people that do this for a living, that all they do is NFL draft is that there's only like 14 first round picks. Only like 14 guys in this draft have first round grades. Now we know there are 31 first round picks this year because the Dolphins has has theirs taken away. And so the Titans are at 11. And I, you know, Anthony Richardson's a guy who's probably going to go top 10. That's not a first round grade type of guy. Uh, so the Titans right now are guaranteed to be able to say, hey, you can get a first round grade dude at number 11 um, and feel good about that. But if you trade back, now you might be playing with a drop off in talent for this particular draft. And I, and I do think we have to always know that not every draft is created the same, that this year's draft does not sound like a good draft to me. There was a couple drafts, you know, in the early 2010s that were just bad drafts and you can go back and look at the top 10 and it's just like, ugh. There's not a lot of Pro Bowl guys in there. A lot of guys that didn't get second contracts that are now bouncing around the league or out of the league. And so not every draft is the same. What people are saying is that the 2024 draft class is probably a better draft class. But the, do the Titans want to wait on that? And that was the whole tanking conversation that you get into is how much do you want to wait on that next draft class? Uh, you know, and so it's like a, you get to the point where in the, in the seventh round, and here's just a scenario. Maybe the Titans are in the sixth or seventh round and a team approaches them because they've got a guy on the board that they want to get. And the Titans are like, you know what? Our board's kind of empty. We don't like this draft class. So it might be worth trading this year's sixth or seventh for next year's fifth or sixth. And because you like the 24 class better, right? And so I think there's opportunities later in the draft to move back or to move around and to gain extra assets and values down the road. But I, I just think if Paris Johnson Jr. is your guy to fix left tackle, I feel good about that. And I don't know you and I'll have you list the, the top five offensive linemen in this draft here in a second. But, you know, I, I, do, I feel like Paris Johnson Jr. and Peter Skronsky from Northwestern are probably your safest offensive linemen at the top of the draft. And once you get after those two, Broderick Jones, I mentioned, maybe he's a better fit at guard. Uh, and I don't know much about the others uh, that you mentioned there. But, you know, may, there's obviously some situations that you're not exactly uh, sure about. But I think you have to really make sure that you can start chopping away and filling these holes. And and Paris Johnson Jr. in my example, I think fills that at a at a big hole. Yeah. So Peter Skaronsky is another guy similar to Broderick Jones in some ways, where you know yeah. he's probably the I would say most people like Skaronsky more than Paris Johnson. Like he is the number one guy. He's just undersized right now and so there's a good short chance arms, short arms, so yeah. good chance he's moving to left guard which that's great like we all could use an elite left guard uh but are you at taking 11? one are you taking one at 11 overall <laughs> it becomes the question 
Uh, so I think a fit for him is a team that might have a complete offensive line and specifically need interior help. Uh, Parrish Johnson is the big tackle prospect. Um, I get there's no real questions about that, but there's guys like Osiris Torrance is a guy I look at too from Florida as a big tackle that has the upside to just fly up these draft boards. So mm -hmm. I like while I agree with you in the premise of Parrish Johnson being like your guy that you can pick at 11 to play left tackle. It's like I said, too. I mean, the Titans have more than just one need on offensive line. They need interior help. They're going to need interior help. And you might not want to take Peter Skaronsky or Broderick Jones at 11, but what about in the late teens? So, you know, that's something that you can look at with a trade down, as well as what does Mike Vrabel and Rand Carthon's big board look like come draft time of these offensive linemen? I think if you have, like, a surefire Parrish Johnson is our guy and he's there, you're not in a spot to trade down. But if you value some of these guys that you think you can get later, instead of picking them at 11 to make sure you get them, I do like taking the risk of dropping back just because I, I think you just have so many holes. And here's a scenario that I have for you, Austin. Well, you well, well I want to hear your scenario because I'm, I'm excited about your scenario. So hold, hold tight. I, I'm, I'm excited to get it out as you can tell. Okay. So Sam's got a trade back scenario that he wants to float out there to see if Titans fans like it or not. So let's get to Sam's trade back scenario uh, real quick here on the show. But first I'm going to tell everybody <clears throat> about our great sponsors, the bone and joint Institute. Uh, they can help you get back to the road to recovery. Whenever that unfortunate uh, untimely injury uh, that happens in life. It's always inconvenient when you're dealing with some type of uh, pain, uh, whether it's an injury that happens or something that's just formulated itself over time. I know a lot of us working from home these days, uh, not in your traditional office setup. Maybe you're getting some extra pain uh, from those type of transitions. So make sure that you check out the Bone and Joint Institute to not let that pain linger anymore and go get it checked out. They've got a, a bunch of specialists there in Franklin that know how to deal with every type of injury and however it happens in life. And if, it, if it's you, if it's your son or daughter playing youth sports, if it's you playing intramural pickup sports uh, in the yard, uh, make sure that when it, whenever it happens, bone and joint Institute is where to go. The region's destination for comprehensive sports orthopedics right there in Franklin bone and joint TN.org. Today's show is powered by BetMGM. Enjoy all your sports like never before with BetMGM. Sign up using the code. It's A-T-O-Z sports and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. When you register with BetMGM, you'll gain access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and daily boosted odds specials. With BetMGM at your fingertips, every play, Every game means that much more. That's specifically, uh, especially helpful this time of year. We're in March. There's a tournament coming up that uh, I am a big fan of. I know Austin uh, is a big fan of. Zach is a big fan of. So mm. if you're looking and getting involved in that, get BetMGM at your fingertips and find out why they are the king of sportsbooks. That's the code. It's A-T-O-Z sports on the BetMGM app. And uh, you can get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't hit. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 or older, Tennessee only new customer offer. All promotions, subject to qualification, eligible requirements. First online real money wager only. Rewards issued at non withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expires from seven days from insurance. And for problem game of support, call Tennessee Redline 800-889-9789. All right, Sam, hit us with it. It is your draft trade back scenario. 
for Rand Carthon and the Tennessee Titans. Again, we played the video a few times earlier in the show. Rand Carthon says, call me. We're open for business. Always willing to listen to try to get that value. Uh, so, Sam, ring, ring, ring. Rand Carthon's phone uh, calls. Or maybe he's doing the calling for this I... scenario. We'll see what happens here. What, what, what do you got well, for us? I think it could go either way. So, first, three teams that I looked at trading back to and ultimately decided against. Number one okay. is the Green Bay Packers at number 15. I think the Washington Commanders at number 16. And the Pittsburgh Steelers at number 17. Okay. Three teams that uh, could go get offensive line, that could go use a wide receiver. Green Bay might go get a receiver or a tight end at number 11 if they want to jump somebody to go get Michael Mayer or whoever else they have uh, high on their board. Washington can use the O-line. Pittsburgh can use the O-line. But the team that I have the Titans trading back to is dropping from number 11, eight spots back to number 19 overall and trading with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Ah. because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers need a lot uh, and specifically are in a position to potentially, if one of those quarterbacks falls to 11, draft the quarterback, uh, move up to go get a quarterback, but also go and protect their quarterback. The Buccaneers need interior offensive line more than anybody else really, uh, outside of like the few terrible teams in this year's draft that are picking at the top of the draft. But if they have somebody like Peter Skaronsky that they view as a, a potentially all pro interior lineman, they need interior line help and they have a rookie quote unquote quarterback and Kyle Trask maybe running things next year. That could be a move where I see the Buccaneers wanting their guy. And here is the price that I uh, just to reference something. Okay. This is the Titans dropping back from 11 to 19. So the Buccaneers trading up from 19 to 11 Mm -hmm. in 2021, the Chicago bears traded from number 20 to number 11. That was the move that they made. Okay. They traded the number 20 pick a fifth round pick a future first and a future fourth to go up nine spots and go get Justin Fields at the time. I don't know. I I look at that price, and I don't think that's quite what you get. But if you're able to pull a third and an extra fourth out of a team to go back eight spots like Tampa Bay, the Tennessee Titans could use those picks to fill immediate roster holes. Like immediate, immediate needs. You can take a receiver in the second, another offensive lineman in the third, another offensive lineman with your third. Like you all of a sudden have a a bunch of draft picks and potentially a future draft pick and a better draft class, like you mentioned in 2024. That would be the team that I call. That would okay. be the team that I target. And I think that would be a starting price that you probably negotiate down from, but that you could realistically acquire four picks in the any two to five range in the second round to fifth round range for dropping back. And at that point, I mean, I don't care if it's Paris Johnson or Peter Skaronsky or Osiris or whoever, as somebody in the chat, you know, keenly mentioned, this is a gamble either way. This gives you more chances of finding help up front. Yeah. Excuse me. So 
Uh, so do you think, because in the, in your 2021 draft, when the Bears went up to get fields, they gave up the future first rounder. Do you think this would call for a future first rounder? Probably not. I think it's a little different when it's a quarterback. It's a quarterback. And yeah. you know a team wants to go get a quarterback. There's, and right. the Bears were also jumping the Minnesota Vikings at the time who wanted Justin Fields. So they were paying a premium to go up ahead of their divisional rival. Yeah. So. I mean, there, there are factors there, but I think, I mean, that's the question is how much can you get? But if I told you that they traded the number 11 pick for the number 19 pick and added a, a third this year and a three next year, like, I think that's too light. And so I, you know, I think, uh, you know, that's too light, but I'm still signing up for like, you could get even more, which, yeah, yeah. I think, I think it would need to be because you would get 19 here in this draft and then you would get. Uh, what do you say? Uh, so a, a third rounder this year, a third rounder this year, a third rounder next year. I mean, obviously just, I'm kind of, so you would basically have price would be, but yeah. So I, I believe the bucks pick 80 or 81 in the third round of this year. So let's say you would then have four picks in the top 80 to 81, uh, picks this season. If that was it. Right. And I, I do think you would need something more, for 2024 and maybe again, I don't know what the value, like I, like we've said multiple times is that this draft is not viewed as a great draft. And so I don't think the price for the Titans moving back eight spots is going to be that great. And so that's where you wonder at 19, who are the Titans going to get? You know, how many of these O-linemen are, are going to be gone? Because you look at O-linemen, O-line needy teams, especially if you think uh, the Bucks are a team that could use an offensive lineman at 11. You've got the Jets at 13 that need O-line. You've got the Texans. Hell, the Texans are at 12. They, they will probably go wide receiver at 12 with their second pick. You've got uh, the Packers need an o- offensive lineman. Uh, but, and- but, that, but the Packers also need a wide receiver, right? So there's another potential. It's like, hey, the Houston's picking one. But you can jump Houston and have your pick if there's no, one I, I guy get that you, you like. Yeah, I'm with you. <clears throat> I, I just I don't know if at 19 you're probably having to draft Osiris Torrance out of Florida, who is you know is he what position is he on the offensive line? It's kind of up for debate at that, and you're probably going to have to you know quote unquote reach on that pick at 19. Like taking Torrance at 19 is probably also not the best value there. So I kind of disagree with that. I I do disagree. Like, I think you can get in a very dangerous spot here where you're potentially reaching at 11 just to take your need at your spot. Like, Like, because of what I said, I don't believe there is a slam dunk talent on the offensive line or at wide receiver this year. Like, there's nobody that you are... Yeah, I don't disagree. I don't. I don't disagree. Right. There's oh. not. There's not a consensus top ten pick and or it, top ten talent on either the O line or wide receiver. And like I said, it depends on how Rand Carthon and Mike Vrabel evaluate that talent. Like obviously, if they have Paris Johnson as their like, well, this is the guy out of this draft class, and he's only draftable at eleven. He's not going to make it down further than that. Then yeah, you go ahead and you can draft him. But if you have a little bit less of a gap between him and some of these other prospects, or like I said, if you are more open to drafting interior linemen with positional flexibility, like Peter Skaronsky 
later in the draft or like Broderick Jones later in the draft, then you open yourself up to, hey, we can drop back four, five, six spots, yeah. right? And, and and still be in range to take one of those guys. And by the way, oh, if offensive line's gone, we'll take Jackson Smith and Jigba, fill the wide receiver hole now, and then try and do some other stuff at offensive line. And here's, and here's the you have options. Yeah. Well, and here's the truth is uh, we don't know exactly what's going to happen in free agency. And this trade is not going to happen until draft night. Like right. the, the Titans are not going to move out of 11 until like they're on the board and you saw who went in the top 10. And, you know, the, the bears could trade their pick whenever the hell they feel like it. Uh, you know, and they like the value because, you know, that's the first pick, but the Titans are not going to make any type of move until they're really on the clock. And so I, I do kind of agree with David. Wait, where did he go? David, two comments real quick. Um, Matthew Gilwater says, Austin and Sam, given the fact that Titans can't afford to miss on O-line again, it would not be, would not be better to sign a proven talent in free agency at that position. And that's where I was getting at is the Titans have the ability that free agency is chronologically before the draft. And so do you, do you, does your offensive line change at all, uh, you know, before the draft to say, Hey, maybe you filled one of your guard spots, or maybe you'd fill the tackle spot in free agency to have that flexibility because David Brown on YouTube brings this up and I agree with him saying, if you're going to trade from 11 to 19, for example, I think you might as well trade back again in 19. Uh, I would be open. I mean, I think it depends what's there. Like, sure, I mean, sure. I think I like, I mean, I think if one of your old linemen is still there or one of those top receivers is still there and you're at it, like, then you're at a spot where it's like, all right, grab your guy. But I mean, if yeah. you're, if you're just trying to accumulate draft picks. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think that they, because they have so many needs on offensive line, I think the Titans are in a spot where they really have options available to them in both the draft and free agency and everything. I mean, like even Mike Vrabel still hasn't ruled the idea of Taylor Lewan like returning. Now is Taylor Lewan returning as their starting left tackle? I hope not because you need more help than, and, and more of a guarantee than that. But yeah, I mean, what if they do add a veteran tackle in free agency that you view as a solid starter? Well, now you no longer have an imminent need for a starting tackle. And maybe somebody like Peter Skaronsky, Broderick Jones, like these guys that I'm mentioning that are interior talents, but you think are really, really special interior talents are more of a fit. And, and yeah. like, don't take that at 11 just because you need it and you're at 11. Like you have to be open-minded to, to falling back and, and, you know, right. picking eight spots later. I, I agree. And just like uh, Rand Carthon saying that, you know, number 11 is open for business, Sam, I, I think all five starting offensive line spots for the Titans are also open for business. Yeah. I don't think NPF is a guaranteed lockdown, a right tackle for what he showed. Uh, he, you know, he's probably the surest thing you've got as far as a starter goes. And we'll have to find out what Ben Jones's future is. Both guards, Nate Davis, a pending free agent, uh, who's been your right guard. Aaron Brewer, I think, is probably a part of the picture at some point, even though we know how undersized uh, that he is and how that can come back to bite the Titans at times. Uh, and thank God, Dennis Daly is not under contract. As I don't know, Sam, um, how many comments if we've there's been so many comments on our Instagram and everywhere else about cut Dennis Daly. He is not under contract. He's not on the team anymore. <laughs> yeah, so he is not there. Neither is Josh Dobbs, for that matter. But all right, so Sam, a couple comments that I saw here. Uh, from the chat that, you know, take us to our next conversation. Bork Borkington says Jalen Carter having an arrest warrant could throw the draft into chaos. The bears wouldn't want to drop past the Cardinals. Now 
Uh, and then Jeff brings up the same thing with Carter in trouble. Do the Bears even trade now? Maybe they stick and pick Will Anderson at number one. So let's get to that here in a second because it is an awful situation, right? I do want to preface this Jalen Carter conversation with this is not good for anybody. It is a very sad story. So to update uh, everybody on this, how everything went down is this was a few days after the Georgia Bulldogs won the national championship over TCU. Uh, J- uh, there was a, a car accident in Athens uh, that resulted in the death of uh, Georgia teammate Devin Willick and then also Georgia recruiting staffer Chandler LaCroix. Um, and in that situation that came out, uh, that it was initially viewed as a one-car incident uh, where that car wrecked and then both uh, LaCroix and uh, Willick passed away uh, from that situation. And that Jalen Carter initially told the police that he was one mile or so away when that accident occurred. And then he got to the scene very quickly once he was aware of the situation. Uh, and there's a lot of you know sadness that goes into that. And it is a terrible situation. But there was an update uh, from the NFL Combine that broke yesterday morning about the arrest warrant for Jalen Carter, who is probably, if you're going positionless, the number one player on the big board overall. But this was uh, from the arrest warrant here as a result of the ongoing investigation of January 15th, the fatal crash that occurred uh, right there in Athens, Athens, Clark County. Uh, the police department has secured arrest warrants for Jalen Carter for reckless driving and racing. The investigation found that Chandler LaCroix driving a 21 Ford Expedition and Jalen Carter driving a 2021 Jeep Trackhawk were operating their vehicles in a manner consistent with racing shortly after leaving the downtown Athens area at about 2.30 a.m. The evidence demonstrated that both vehicles switched between lanes, drove in the center turn lane, drove in the opposite lanes of travel, overtook other motorists, and drove at a high rate of speed in an apparent attempt to outdistance each other. Evidence indicates that shortly before the crash that the expedition was traveling at about 104 miles per hour. The toxicology report indicated that LaCroix's blood alcohol concentration was 1.97 at the time of the crash. Investigators determined that the alcohol impairment, racing, reckless driving, and speed were significant contributing factors to the crash. And uh, so Jalen Carter uh, then did release a statement uh, yesterday um, about the situation, uh, and I did see uh, that he has already gone back to Athens for this. Uh, but the statement from Jalen Carter was, "Quote: This morning, and this is from yesterday. This morning, I received a telephone call from the Athens, Georgia Police Department, informing me that two misdemeanor warrants have been issued against me for reckless driving and racing. It is my intention to return to Athens to answer the misdemeanor charges against me and to make certain that the complete and accurate truth is presented. There is no question in my mind." that when all the facts are known that I will be fully exonerated of any criminal wrongdoing in quote from Jalen Carter. So this is a very serious situation. And again, I want to reiterate a very terrible, sad situation as a whole, but, uh, and to correct myself, 0.197 on the blood alcohol content, not what I mentioned. I moved the decimal there speaking, but so Carter went back, uh, uh, did, uh, you know, surrender himself and then was, uh, released after posting bond in this situation, but it is a it is a really really bad situation, and unfortunately, the football side of it is that Jalen Carter is was expecting to be at least a top three or four pick in this draft. So 
the question we want to ask you guys is should uh, this arrest warrant negatively impact his NFL draft stock? Because as Bork Borkington and others said um, that, you know, how will this throw this draft around if um, this comes out at the NFL combine and where Carter has to go do this. So the question, should this impact Jalen Carter's draft stock in a negative fashion? Um, and so, you know, these are misdemeanors. We do know that. Uh, and so Valentino comes in with a no out of the gates. Um, so uh, I, Sam, what's your overall um, thought on the situation as you are a Chicago native, a bears fan and Jalen Carter was probably the apple of the bears eye going into this draft to fill that need with a super talented player. Yeah. I mean, for starters, like it is going to mess things up because you at least have to have the conversation and like figuring out where teams, what side of the aisle they're on when it comes to like drafting Jalen Carter is going to be an interest, very, very interesting um, just thing to watch play out, especially with a team looking to trade out of the number one pick with their eye on drafting him potentially. And then it just, I don't know. It it really, really complicates things and you hate it for Jalen Carter. You especially hate it for, Uh, the families of the uh, two young people that were uh, dead in the accident. Uh, You hate it for the teams. You hate it for Carter's family, everybody. It's a terrible situation. And I I don't know. It's obviously a fine line to toe here, but my opinion is no, I don't think this should impact Jalen Carter's draft status. I I don't know if it will. I, I don't know what these front offices are thinking how they view this, whatever. And there may be more information to come out, but I mean, these are misdemeanor charges. This is a clear and obvious mistake on Jalen Carter's part and shows some signs of immaturity to be, uh, you know, reckless endangerment, speeding, racing, all all of this stuff, like just not safe. And, And when you hear the blood alcohol content too, of the driver operating the other vehicle, um, that's concerning as well to, I guess was Jalen Carter drinking. I mean, you, you don't, I guess they never found it and they can't prove it, but like, I mean, you have to start raising those questions. So at the end of the day, I I do view it though, as a a young man making a mistake with terrible judgment. Um, But these are misdemeanor charges. And as long as there is no serious uh, criminal in involvement or other criminal charges, or that it's proven that he was like directly, responsible for these the deaths and for this accident happening i think this is just a sign of immaturity which yeah it could be a red flag for teams but also like that is part of the job of coaches is to kind of work this immaturity out of some of these kids uh and bring them in and you know develop them as a person while you also develop them as a player and there are certain coaches that really take that uh, responsibility seriously I, absolutely. And I think those co- coaches should do that. I think the best coaches are also helping the, the people become the best players and the best humans uh, that they can be. And and Jeff says, you know, he was charged with speeding and reckless driving. So those well, are both misdemeanors. Well, and I want to say this to Jeff that he was definitely a factor in the crash. It, being a factor does not mean he did something illegal, right? There are, or, well, I mean, the, I get, it's, it's illegal, but doesn't mean he was a direct cause of it. Right. Like, I mean, if he, there are more details that need to come out to this, like in order to indict Jalen Carter as like being responsible for those two people's deaths, just 
like participating in something with poor judgment, I don't think is fair to put that, put that burden or that label on this guy at, you know, 21 years old, you know, shortly after winning a national championship, I'm sure they were celebrate whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's a, you know, people do dumb stuff when they're in college and you have that feeling of invincibility at times in those ages, especially if you just won your second consecutive national championship four days before. Um, And so again, a a terrible situation overall. And um, so I I do think, I, I do think it's interesting. I, Honestly, I don't see how it doesn't impact things a little bit. I do think um, he will still be a very high draft pick. But I want to play this from Todd McShay because, Sam, we talked about this uh, previously before the show. Todd McShay went on ESPN uh, and about the draft and talked about Jalen Carter's uh, situation off the field on December 15th one month exactly before January 15th when the accident occurred. And here was Todd McShay again from December. It's interesting with Carter because we we all agree. It doesn't take a super scout to figure out that he's a phenomenal player in the interior. Mm -hmm. With Carter, there's some character issues. Does he get along with everybody? What's he like to deal with in the locker room? Those sorts of issues. I know it's early in the process, but I'm forewarning everyone out there. Carter's going to be kind of a hot button name when we talk about some of the intangible aspects of it. I think, though, with Pete Carroll sitting here at number two, who has a long history of taking guys that have quote-unquote questionable character and then developing them and having it work out, it makes a lot of sense to me. But that will be the big discussion. It's not about his talent. It's not about his size. It's not about his explosive takeoff or finishing as a pass rusher. It's about the the character. Do we want to bring that guy into the building? So, yeah, I mean, mean, that – that is the question, right? And, and so, like, Jeff, I'm I, following up on something that Jeff said, which kind of is related to that, but, like, reports that he had character issues and this, it's red flags. I, I agree with what Jeff is saying, but as somebody else points out down here, Cole, look at Jeffrey Simmons. I, I mean, the, this is there Let's... are examples of, of NFL players all throughout the league that maybe had a question here or a question there about their character or immaturity or whatever it was coming out of college. And you have to keep in mind that these are very, very young men coming out that, you know, do make mistakes and show lack of judgment. And, you know, sometimes when you nurture them correctly with a head coach and an environment in the NFL, they can flourish and they can grow because of it. I think that and, and that's just my personal take on it where I, like, I believe in, I, I, I believe that th- he deserves a chance to prove people wrong. Oh, and, and, and I don't think I, or anybody is saying that he will go undrafted. I, I think this might impact some things. And, uh, and Cole does that say that this is the same situation as Jeffrey Simmons situation. It is absolutely not uh, no. Cole. So Jeffrey Simmons had his situation when he was a senior in high school before he graduated where Jalen Carter had his situation happen, you know, a month and a half before he was set to be at the NFL combine. And so there's a four years or so difference in those, you know, people's lives of those. And the situations were very different. Jeffrey Simmons was involved in a situation that, that unfortunately uh, was a family related matter where Jalen Carter was, racing uh alleged well is being charged with racing and reckless driving at 2 30 in the morning uh in a car accident that resulted in the 
death of two people uh, from the University of Georgia. So they are very different in their situations. Uh, but Jeffrey Simmons did negatively affect his draft stock. The ACL was more impactful in Jeffrey Simmons draft stock than what happened in high school. And Jeffrey Simmons also had the benefit of being at Mississippi state and in college and maturing and working through that in a highly public situation for three years um, as well. So there is a little bit of a difference there that, and Jeffrey Simmons has answered every question uh, about that situation. I think Amy Adams, Strunk and Mike Vrabel and John Robinson, when that draft pick was made, all of those conversations happened and they were very transparent about it. And Jeffrey Simmons has done nothing but be what exactly you should hope he should be uh, since then. And so I think, um, you know, Jeffrey Simmons being a, a high school senior and Jalen Carter being a 21 year old college athlete who is on his way to being a top five draft pick. There are different situations there. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's in Todd McShay got attacked for saying that in December you know, he didn't have specific situations that he could cite, right? And when you're doing a TV hit, you only have 45 seconds to get a point across. And so you can't exactly dive into things. But Todd McShay, broad brush, said those types of things. He got attacked for it. But ironically and unfortunately, a month later, things happened that went along with some of the things that Todd McShay was saying that, you know, Jalen Carter's off the field will be a storyline in this draft season and here we are on march 2nd march 1st where that's exactly the case um and titans kyle adds that adam schefter just tweeted that jalen carter is back in indianapolis for measurements after going back to athens and um you know doing what he had to do with the arrest warrants for the misdemeanors and so it, you know he is handling this the right way and so i do want to add that so we'll have to see how it plays out but it is going to make some things tricky um, hypothetically uh, over the next couple of months. It's also, and I don't know, again, I, this is kind of a fine line to toe, but like the Jalen Carter situation is very different from a lot of the off the field issues that you hear about with uh, athletes all the time. Like, I mean, these, these are concerns that come up, but speeding and uh, racing and reckless endangerment for being a, a bad driver is not intended to hurt or harm anybody. And, and so it, this is to me a poor exercise of judgment. So like in terms of character, that is where I do have an issue with, with some of the things that have been said, maybe by Todd McShay. I don't know what examples he knows or what he has heard. But I'm not ready to say Jalen Carter has character issues. I'm ready to say Jalen Carter demonstrated poor judgment in a scenario that wound up very sad and unfortunate for yeah. everybody. I but agree. this is not like Jalen Carter has a violent history or has, you know, them like you, this is a, a situation that was not intended to harm or hurt anybody unfortunately wound up with that and i'm sure he uh is dealing with the pain and the the struggle of that on its own and it's just an example of somebody that needs to learn the hard way i guess unfortunately in this specific instance what is and is not okay what is yeah. and is not safe what is smart and just completely 
over the line, but like, I don't think that this puts him in the bucket of like up oh, character issues uh, off the field issues. Like, yeah. Th and that's where I'm hesitant to say it should or would affect his draft stock. And I hope that it doesn't. And that when Jalen Carter has the opportunity to go into interviews with teams uh, that they are able to, I guess, uh, correctly, you know, assess him and that, you know, yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah, yeah, it's, it's tough. And you know, it's, it's now it's a, you know, what's character versus what's immaturity. And, and so there's a lot of conversations that will happen. Uh, so we'll kind of see how that plays out, but it's a big story. I got, I got to say something else too, because okay. I'm seeing the, I'm seeing the chat go off. More details need to come out. Jalen Carter's stupidity did not kill two people. I'm just going to say that I, like, I have to say that because Jalen Carter was involved in the situation. Jalen Carter did poor judgment. This is different than Jalen Carter was drunk driving, hit a car and killed people. Like don't say that this kid killed people. Other people had to make a choice to get in that car. The other driver of the car, as sad as and unfortunate as it is, was operating a motor vehicle, also racing, also driving that speed while intoxicated and over double the legal limit. So I don't appreciate those comments that are are labeling this kid as like responsible for these deaths when it's not something that was a direct cause of his. I, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about that or if I'm I'm getting too out of. No, I mean, I, I think what you're saying is valid. Um, it, it's a it's a awful, terrible situation. And it's it's you know, it's something it's so newsworthy that has to be discussed because of how it impacts the NFL draft. Uh, it is eSports here live on this Thursday show. Sam, normally the Magic Bucket wraps up Thursday, but the Magic Bucket is at Zach's house. Uh, and Zach is not at his house. Zach is uh, traveling. But uh, we will not do the Magic Bucket today. And instead, we will ask Sam about things that he may or may not have done from his early childhood or maybe even before he was born that we all think is funny. Uh, so ask Sam, have you done this <laughs> here in a second? But first, let me tell everybody about Farm Bureau Health Plans. You can plan on them for your health coverage. They've been doing it, serving Tennesseans for now over 75 years. Uh, and they do a great job of helping out uh, whatever stage of life you're in. If you need health coverage, they got you covered right there. Health, dental, vision, uh, and more. They do a fantastic job uh, with the uh, senior citizens in your life. Also, if you're looking to get into adulthood and you, had, and you have no idea how to deal with health coverage and those plans, Farm Bureau Health Plans can help educate you and teach you and help you get through that situation to have good coverage, but not also have ridiculously high rates. Uh, Zach talks about this all the time. He saved 20% per month when he switched to Farm Bureau Health Plans, and you can do the same type of thing too. It's super easy to do as well. Check them out, fbhp.com slash A-T-O-Z. Today's show is powered by BetMGM. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sports books. You sign up on the BetMGM app using the promo code A-T-O-Z sports. You can get uh, a, up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't hit. Make every game and every play mean that much more with BetMGM and BetMGM.com by getting access to a wide selection of uh, live betting options, player props, daily boosted odd specials, all of the above with BetMGM. So that's BetMGM.com, BetMGM app, promo code A-T-O-Z sports. Man, uh, already people are flying in here with questions well, to ask Sam. Before we, uh, yeah, before we do that, 
I do have this because uh, I saw some comments about it. We have a couple paid chats that we did not address. Okay. And it is our job to address the lunch money. So I saw Kane and I believe it was Andre putting some chats in here. So Kane says he sent A to Z a blueprint on a highly impactful mock draft. What do you think he means by highly impactful Uh, mock draft? Kane, can you resend it? Because I don't know. I, you know, I don't know where you sent it to. Um, so resend it. Twitter, what's the best way to send it? Twitter, email, Twitter, Twitter DM is usually probably the best. That'll, to, get, to that'll get through for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I personally, Kane, can give you a guarantee that I'm reading that mock draft when it gets sent uh later this afternoon. And then Andre says he wants to let right an NPF battle for left tackle number eleven could be gold. How do you feel about uh about that? Uh, I don't think NPF has uh, left tackle uh, ability. I think he's a right tackle. So that, that's that's kind of. And I would also ask, like, who he has at right tackle in this scenario. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, the loser of that battle. Oh, the loser of that battle just goes to right tackle. I think they've settled on NPF at right tackle. So you need to try and target a a left tackle specifically right. before uh-huh. you just yeah. You you want to get more guys that are locked into one position and have more of a defined role, but. Just wanted to address those real quick because I saw Andre saying that we skipped those. Yeah. We try not to skip those. Uh, Yeah. We just have to make sure we see them. So yeah, sometimes happy to to circle back and talk about them though. For sure. Sometimes uh, the the super chats come in when we ask a question and then we get a bunch of chats that will, uh, uh, you know, comments at the same time that, you know, make our feed fly away kind of. So, all right. So, um, Sam, I, I had some things pulled up to, to ask you, uh, if you've ever tried or done some of these things with your young age, uh, right. but I, I didn't even need to be prepared because the, the chat came in strong, um, with this. Uh, so Devin, uh, asked Sam, have you ever had to tell your mom or dad to get off the phone? Cause you were waiting, uh, on your, your crush to chat on AIM. No. I don't know what that is. I don't have, have you ever had a situation where you were unable to use the internet because somebody was also on the phone? No. <laughs> is that, does that make any sense to you? I mean, no, I, I don't, I, I guess no, that is never, <laughs> I can assure you that has never happened to me. So Brian says, Sam, uh, have you ever drank water out of a yard water hose? Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. Have you ever drank water? Because you play. That's sports. not an age thing. That's just like a. Well, it I guess be. kids today probably don't do it because they're inside on their iPads and stuff. Yeah. Um, and they're drinking out of their filtered uh, water and in, in their fridges that they can talk to. Um, have you ever drinking out of a water horse where it's like a hose pipe situation where, you know, we had these in like football where you hook the hose up to a pipe that is up on, you know, legs and the pipe has like five or six different hole spouts. So like football water break, you turn the hose on and like five guys can go get a sip at the same time. Have you ever drank it out of a water? So, uh, I had those for in high, high school baseball. We had those, but we didn't use it quite like there was little uh, extensions, like attachments to the end of it that had its own little like squirter. Okay, so you've so never like, used it, the old school. So you've never I, drank I've never, in water. Like, I've never bent over sideways and drank it out of like that. But you've I mean, never I, drank in water out of a PVC pipe with five teammates at the same time. I suppose no. <laughs> I suppose no. It's quite the experience. Uh, let's see more of these that are pretty good. Uh, have you ever used a cassette player? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 
Uh, yeah, like car, I in cars and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Denise asks, "Have you ever plugged in a speaker to your television to make it louder?" I don't know if I've personally done that, but I'm sure it has been done around me before. Just I don't think I've ever had to do that though. Uh, did Did no. you ever use LimeWire? No, I, I've heard of LimeWire. No, I couldn't tell you what it is. No idea. Um, have you ever, what is LimeWire? LimeWire was the really the one of the big main ways you would illegally download music to oh, burn oh, CDs oh, oh. No, and I, other types of things. I have not used it, no. Have you ever used a public phone, like pay phone or any type of public phone? No. Weirdly enough, no. I don't think I, I have. Which I, I again I don't know if that's an age thing or just like a circumstance thing. That, that's an age that's an age thing. I've only used a public phone like a select few times. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been in a spot where I needed one. Yeah. All right. More um let's see, more comments. There's a lot of comments flying in about uh like have you ever burnt the CD? No. Also, no, I, I've, I've used burned CDs, but I have never done it myself, man. CDs, video games, all, movies, all of it, burning it onto a disc. Yeah. Last one. What was your, do you remember what your first ringtone was on your cell phone? Did you ever have a song yeah, as your yeah. ringtone? The only one I can remember actually having, which is very weird for the segment that we're doing because it's not at all like my era, was uh, Dude Looks Like a Lady by Aerosmith. <laughs> as your, as your I, I was young, too. I was a young. Uh, I liked that song, though. That's really I, funny. Uh, uh, Pistol Ramsey asked me if I'd ever been to a Bears playoff game. I was in the building for the double doink game. Ooh. And that was uh, that was a uh, that was tough for uh, young me to process at the time. That was a that was a hard one. Yeah, I, I thought of my own. Uh, okay, my own one that I realized I hadn't done the other day, and it it's absurd. It's not an age thing. It's just a weird. I this is gonna blow some people's minds. I have never had a I don't a, I don't know if you call it a slice. Of watermelon. <laughs> what? I've never really had. I, I think I've had watermelon once. And it was like one cube of watermelon that I had. I've never had watermelon. You So you've like never been at, at the pool or something. As yeah. A kid. You know what I'm talking about? Like, a and like, water, like, yeah, I know exactly. Yeah. Everybody else knows what you're talking about. But yeah, you, you've no, never I've, had... I've never done that ever. I've never had watermelon. You've had like cubes of watermelon, like store I think I've had a singular cube of watermelon. That is wild. Like one bite of watermelon in my entire life. Man, I mean, I, I realized that the other day. I was like, man, I don't think I've ever like. I, that is bonkers. And so, and I, you know, like the the neighborhood pool, like well, some somebody's mom would come in and slice up a whole watermelon. No, yeah, everywhere I would go, there would be watermelon. Everywhere you just, I would you just go. never went for but it? I, I, well, I had, I, I don't know, I had it one time, I had like a slight, like one cube or something, and I just didn't like it. And I was oh like, and gosh. I, and then like, I don't know if my, I, I don't know, I just wasn't a big fan. And then I didn't get the hype. I was always more of like, 
I like citrusy fruit. Like I, I, I like stronger, like I, I, oranges and strawberries and stuff like that. But yeah, I was never a big, <laughs> not, not a melon fan in general. Like all melons oh are kind of, I'm out on. But it was a very weird thing. I was sitting there. I don't remember where I saw it, I, but I saw somebody like eating a, like on TV or whatever. Somebody's eating a slice of watermelon. And I'm just like, it's so refreshing. What do you, it, but it, I, I know it's like a childhood staple that like you like at the pool after a baseball game, whatever, everybody's got their like watermelon is like their snack. I'm like, I've never had, never had watermelon like uh, that. Ken, Ken is inviting you to the cookout to help you learn some things. Uh, um, you know, I, I think that, that I am just, I will, I will have I will have some watermelon. Like maybe maybe that'll be added to the magic bucket. Like Sam just has Sam. Ha- well, that's not like a bad thing. That's just doing something that you should have done like twenty years well, ago. For me, it might be kind of a bad. Like I don't no, know if no. I like it. I don't know if my oh taste buds have that changed. Is, I am I am confused of like how you just never and like. The, here's the weirdest thing too. Like I'm not. I don't consider myself to be. I I was when I was a kid, but I'm not a picky eater anymore. Like I I like trying stuff, but I've never really come across a thing. I think now it's more of a. I'm not buying and slicing a watermelon like straight and I like not happening. And I don't really have a need to just like eat watermelon cubes on my own. So it just doesn't happen. So I don't know. That I told you it was going to be a weird one. I, I it's kind yeah. of absurd, but I it's, mean, I'm kind of speechless on this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thanks for jumping in today. You know, whenever uh, the magic bucket is left somewhere that it's not normally then we can just ask Sam things that he's never done uh, in his young uh, age, (laughs) but uh, that'll do it for us on this Thursday. We'll be back tomorrow morning on a Friday to wrap up the week. Buck rising is wrapping up his week tonight at the NFL combine. So get ready for A to Z sports primetime tonight. That's 7 PM central time up one hour because bucks up in Indian Easter time zone. So 7 PM central for A to Z sports primetime tonight. Make sure you like the show before you go. Give us that thumbs up hit on Facebook and YouTube, and we'll check you guys later on a Friday morning. Hey, we've got an announcement coming at 10 a.m. Central. That's 34 minutes from now. Announcement. So we'll see you guys later on. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday. Appreciate it as always.